Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. God has been too good to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is service time in the house. Good morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord this morning. He's so good to us. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to our social media. Sisters and brothers, good morning to everyone that's in the building today. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord today. We thank God, even though it's mighty hot outside, if we don't get it right with Jesus, do you know it's a place that can be hotter than this? Come on now. God is good to us. God is so good to us as he loves on us and prepares for us for that next level of him that we need to be trying to get to. Praise God. Invite the Lord into this service today, hallelujah, because we can't even have church without him. We want to thank and bless him and invite him into our minds and our hearts. We want the room and the atmosphere to be conducive with this anointing in this place. Hallelujah, as you connect with me from wherever you are, that we might lift up the name of Jesus together, that he might bless us with his presence and endow us with his spirit. Give us wisdom and direction and food to carry us to the next moment in our day. God is good, y'all. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah as we go before the throne. Lord God, we bless you. We honor you. We magnify your name today, God. We thank you, God, for being God all by yourself. We thank you, God, for not just being Lord and ruler over our lives, but allowing us to have relationship with you and being our father that we can come to you with anything and everything all of the time. You never turn us away. You never dismiss us. You never forget us. You're always compassionate, God. You always have your favor upon our lives, God. You love us so much more than we even think about loving on ourselves. God, we thank you for your faithfulness today. We thank you for provision today. We thank you, God, how you continue to order out our steps that we might Walk and follow you, God, in obedience. That you, God, would give us a purpose. Lord, we thank you on today for waking us up this morning and giving us the activities of our limbs, God, allowing us to be in our right minds, God. Lord, we understand that as we look all around us, God, times might be trying and trials might be hard coming around us, but God, hallelujah, Jesus. You promised in your word, God, that you would never leave us nor forsake us, even until the end of the world, God, so we can walk through that valley of the shadow of death and not fear no evil on today. Lord, we love you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. We honor you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this appointed day and time that you've allowed us to come together, that we might hear a word from you, that we might receive a touch from you, that you might heal us where we're broken that you might visit us right where we are on today. God, we honor you, Jesus. Lord, we stand upon your word today. God, we anticipating amazing miracles and anointing from you today. God, we ask you to look down and bless our pastor, the angel of this house, that you might strengthen him, God, from head to toe as he moves forward in obedience, giving us the word that you will have for us today that we might study in it, and that we might allow it to envelop our hearts, God, that we might live out what you have asked us to do before you. 
so that we can learn to love one another the more, to pour into one another the more, to lift up each other the more, and to put the devil under our feet where he belongs. God, we honor you, we love you, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, everything that you're doing right now, and even what you've yet to do. God, we bless your name and lift you up in this place. And all these things, God, we bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good place to praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's a good place to praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes I find that we have a tendency as people try to blame different people for things that's going on in their lives. How about sometimes we allow ourselves to get in certain situations? All right. If we go and tell the truth, sometimes we need deliverance from ourselves. Is that all right? We're asking God to do a new thing, a new thing in us today as you pray with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, 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 we bless your name. Oh, Lord, deliver me. All I seem to do is hurt me. Oh, 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 deliver 
connect with their sisters and brothers and believe God and worship God. Hallelujah. But we are blessed to be able to have that. So we want to be able to um, prepare ourselves now for our offering. Basket is the brown basket that Deacon Washington is holding is for our tithes and offering. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that you can seek your own heart to figure out what you're supposed to be giving unto the Lord is for offering. As far as our tithes, it's 10% of whatever earnings that we make. And we shouldn't get upset about that because Uncle Sam ain't even asking you. But pour into the man of God who is always pouring into us. When pastor's not here, he's praying for us. He's answering phone calls. He's calling us, even on vacation, wanting to know how we doing when he could be boo-loving with first lady. He says, I need a minute. I need a minute, honey. I want to check on the people. We got to be able to bless the man of God and let him know that we going around. The Bible says, wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. We can find that in the word of God in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. We have a plethora of ways of giving. If I happen to go too fast, please pray for me. But it's also going to be on your screen for those of us who are watching and participating by social media. You can download the Ministry One app onto your smartphone. It's found in your Play Store or your App Store. You can give. You can also see previous services. You can watch for upcoming events, like the trip that we're going on in September. Praise God. Like even when we went to Sight and Sound in May, there's always something happening on this side of the vineyard. Y'all want to connect with and be with us. God is doing things. We're going up. You can't be a part if you're not here joining us. So you can also keep up with that Ministry One app. You can also give by simply texting G-I-V-E to the number 267-500-8122. You can also give by simply going to AbyssinianBC.com. Some people have a hard time spelling that. That is on your screen, but it's A-B-Y-S-S-I-N-I-A-N-B-C.com. You can click on the online giving button in the top right-hand corner. For those of you who are very able to get to us today by social media, you can drop off your tithes and offerings right here at the church house at 4210 Germantown Avenue. For our pastor's love offering, if you don't have it, to give right here through the baskets. So he also has his own cash hat, praise the Lord. You can find him at dollar sign point two four one. That's dollar sign P-O-I-N-T-241. We want y'all to sit back, relax, and have your heart and mind open for the awesome word that's going to come today. Y'all be blessed in the things of God. God bless you.
to God be the glory for all that he has done. Am I right about it this morning? God has done, is doing, and will do some things. That very important, first of all, we give all glory, praise, and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive and doing well. To all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, praise team, musicians, everybody that is a part of the body of Christ in here and out there and those who will become a part of the body. We greet you in that name, don't miss this, that name that's above every other name. And that is the name of Jesus. Give God some praise, if you will. I was listening to that compassionate song solo that Minister Gilbert just ministered to us. Not just herself, but from the pulpit to the door. Amen, somebody. And I just want to let her to know let others to know there at least y'all need to get this I, mean, I didn't even get to my sermon yet there are at least three ways that God delivers y'all want to get this at least three ways anybody need to be delivered this morning other than me I, I, I need to be delivered I need to be delivered three ways Minister Gilbert me and everybody else who's honest this morning you need to know that God delivers us, first of all, from some stuff. From. That's the one way. From. Then the second thing is God delivers us through. Amen, somebody. I could preach on each one of them, but that's not the subject for us. From some stuff, God's going to deliver. He's going to deliver through some stuff. And then he's going to deliver us out of some stuff. Y'all hearing God speaking to somebody today. Stop looking at Minister Gilbert. Pray for her, but pray for others too. Pray for yourself. God needs to let you to know you need to be delivered from, through, and out of. And God is able to do that this morning. Give God some praise. Sometimes we get caught up in looking at other folk and we've got our own giants to be delivered out of. Uh, everybody in here has a giant that contended with, whether you acknowledge it or not. Everybody in here has to deal with a giant. And so I want to comfort Sister Tamika. She's not by herself. She's got spiritual wings, help, not only from God himself, but from his ambassadors and agents from this house. Amen, somebody. I want to announce, I want us to remember that VBS Vacation Bible Study starts tomorrow. That's Monday, Monday evening. Tomorrow's what, July the 25th? with Sister Eleanor Wade 
on Zoom at 6 p.m. Are y'all listening? Not only it goes from Monday, July the 25th through Wednesday, July the 27th. From 6 p.m. to 7.15. You also need to know that on Wednesday at 7.30, after VBS, we will resume with our regular Bible study. Is that clear? Amen, somebody. We're talking about in our Bible study. God has, listen, purpose for the pain in your life and mine. I know we don't understand. But God says, don't try to understand, but God does not waste your pain or mine. We may not understand it. We may not like it, but God says, this is my will, and I'm going to get something out of what you're going through, and it's going to be for your good and my glory. Also, we will have four different uh Bible study teachers for the month of August through Zoom Bible study classes. First of all, I'll start off just to get it started in August on August the 3rd. That's the first Wednesday. But then Brother Jonas Floyd will be the second Wednesday, August the 10th. Sister Kiana Patton will be third Wednesday, August the 24th. Uh, August the 17th, I'm sorry. Sister Denise White will be the fourth Wednesday of August the 24th. And Deacon Tart Johnson will be the fifth Wednesday. That's August the 31st, if I'm not mistaken, those dates. So we got Brother Floyd, Sister Patton, Kiana, Sister Denise White, and Deacon Tart Johnson. They all need your prayers. Amen, somebody. We're not there to critique them and say what's wrong. No, we're there to support them and help them. Amen, somebody. I'm looking at other folk out there. One day I'm going to call on you. I'm not going to put pressure, but I'm going to call on you. Amen. And you're going to want somebody to support you, not to critique and judge you. Amen. Anybody know when you're dealing with people, particularly when it's the first time you got the jitters? Amen. Um. Remember, our church theme moving forward is trusting God is not an option. Actually, it's our only option. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, I, before I forget, I want to mention Soul Food Sunday. It's not next Sunday because next Sunday is the fifth Sunday. But it's the first Sunday of August, August the 7th. So be mindful of Soul Food Sunday. Remember, next Sunday is August the what? I mean, July the thirty-first. So it's the following Sunday, which will be August the seventh. Uh, Sister Pat Reese and I don't forgot uh, my daughter, yeah, uh, Danielle Pointer. For those two, I don't know who else is involved, but at least those two, you need to see them if you want to be helpful. Amen. Um, Let's see here. We celebrate the wedding of Deacon Tarek Johnson and his new bride, Sister Dawn. Amen. That occurred last Sunday. They're on their honeymoon now. Uh, without telling you who it is, we've got at least four more weddings, Abyssinian members, coming up. Amen. 
So, so please keep me in prayer as we go through the premarital process. Amen. Please keep uh, my son, Reverend Richard Pointer, and my daughter-in-law, Danielle, and other family members and friends who are vacationing this week. Keep them in prayer for safe traveling mercies. They needed to get there. They're going to need traveling mercies to get back. Y'all know some of the horror stories for people who are trying to who, who, who are catching these flights. Y amen. You better tell you when you pack and, and, and put your stuff in, you don't want it to happen, but you may not see it for a couple of months. Amen. So you want to make sure that uh, be discerning of what you're putting in the luggage. Amen. I heard they're trying to keep you from carrying on, putting, taking carry ons on. So, uh, your, your, your travel plans can be quite a challenge. Amen. Speaking of vacationing, please don't forget as you plan for summer vacations, my wife and I will be, our last, my last sermon, I hate to say that, will be August the 7th, the first Sunday of August. Um, I'll be going away. Uh, you've already heard Minister Gilbert and others say, Please don't forget when you go on your vacation, don't forget your church. Amen. Don't forget your church. Uh, uh, don't forget your pastor. Sometimes I know not you, but and out there, but some folk, if they don't see you, uh, they forget all about you. But I don't see some of you, but I don't forget about you. I'll still send you texts. I'll still think about you. I'll still pray for you. So I wish, I hope I got some reciprocating. Amen. Somebody, some reciprocating members that 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 don't forget your pastor sometimes what you do is the only thing that i get y'all hear that amen somebody so please be mindful of that um i think that's all if i forgot anything charge it to my head and not my heart uh oh yeah one final mention me and my wife sister pointer thank god as we celebrate today july the 24th our 46-year marriage wedding anniversary. That's today. That's 46 plus 7. You, we, we were dating for seven years prior, so we got 53 years tied in together. Amen. That same woman. Amen. That same man. Some of y'all looking at me funny. You can't even put up with two months, five years. It's hard work. You got to work through some stuff. You got to stop thinking about you and thinking about the other and the other's thinking about you and you'll get through it. Amen, somebody. It's doable, but it's work. Some of y'all got in and forgot about the hard work. Amen. Paul, Sierra, and everybody else. It's hard work, but it's doable. Amen, amen, amen. So please be mindful to keep us in prayer. Again, as we pick up here today, part three, will probably be a part four, one more part of this series on giants, because giants come and giants fall. How many of us know that? Giants come and giants fall. Remember we said that a giant can represent any one of a number of things in your life and mine. Giants. For instance, a giant in your life can be, listen, any person, place, or thing 
that distracts you or keeps you from your focus on trying to live a life pleasing to God. Whenever you go and make up your mind, you're going to serve the Lord and say, serve him faithfully. You can expect a giant to rise up. And man, matter of fact, he may or she may have been there all the time. But when you begin or make up your mind to serve the Lord, that giant going to get uglier, uglier than before. Amen. A giant can be anything or anyone, listen, that intimidates, threatens, is a hindrance to, or is in opposition to your service to God. I want us to be clear what a giant is, y'all. A giant can be a huge something or someone or force that is interfering, blocking, or in the way of you fulfilling your mission or assignment from God. Talking about giants. Now, we've already talked about the giant of fear. Was anybody taking notes? Uh, the giant of fear. And fear is a major problem in the lives of not just unbelievers, but Christians. You got a lot of folk in here and out there. Or you got a few folk in here or out there that are living day to day in fear. Fear, listen, is a human emotion that is triggered by a perceived threat. It is a basic survival mechanism, fear, that signals our bodies to respond to danger, listen, with a fight or flight response. God is calling somebody in here this morning to fight, not to run, but to stand still and fight. That's what David did. When everybody else was running, David stood and he fought the giant. I don't want to get ahead of my preaching. Understand that fear can be a positive or negative emotion. I'm just doing a quick review because some of us already forgot. Some folk don't even take notes. I said fear can be a positive or a negative emotion. Let me see if I can give you an example. There's a fear that is caused for the reverence of God, and that's a positive and wise type of fear. Remember the Bible says the fear uh, that, that, that we get from the Bible, from the Word of God, uh, tells us to avoid perpetual feelings of alarm and panic. One of the things the giant Goliath did to David was to try to strike fear. He had already done it in the other folk. And fear, if you were to fight one-on-one -on -one with somebody, first thing they do is try to look you in the eye that cause you to fear. Come on, somebody. It, 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 that takes half the steam out of you. You could probably whoop that man or woman. But when you look, they look in your eyes. See, it, 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 it's the, it, 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 it goes to your soul. And they could demobilize you or shut you down by just looking at you. You won't even fight that hard. That's why some boxers used to don't, they, they didn't, don't look at, see, the, the, the eyes are the window of the soul. And so some folk, rather than give the giant or your enemy an edge, don't even look him in the eye. Just focus on the Lord. Am I right about it? And as believers, we're not to live in a state of anxiety. If you've got to every day and, and worrying and, and God says, don't, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. Am I right? But, but, but a power 
love and self-discipline. Am I right about it? Somebody says, well, if I don't do what this, that, or other, I ain't going to be able to have a source of revenue. No, Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply some of your needs, all of your needs, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How do you think me and my wife continue to move on or get along and to, to keep things going? Because we believe without a shadow of a doubt, Philippians 4.19, God is able to supply every need. Anybody here other than me know God will? He may not do it when you want to him just like you want. Like, you know, let's do it right now. But if he does it in the next hour, it's always on time. Amen. Psalms 37, 1 and 2 says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. And like spring flowers, they soon wither. And when the Bible tells us not to fear, it means don't allow. That, and that means we have really, we have uh, the power. We have it, it's our decision whether or not we're going to allow ourselves to be fearful. And I know it's more than a notion. You ever struggle with not being fearful? I've done it. Struggling with not being, I know what the Bible says. I, I, I know and believe what the Bible says. But in my humanness, I still have times of struggling with fear. Anybody here out there sometimes struggle with fear? But not only the giant of fear. Remember we talked about the giant of rebellious children. Amen, somebody? We, we, we suggested a positive or a practical strategy for dealing or struggling with children who have lost their way. I was looking at a story that was told, true story, from a mother whose child, her son, had been caught up on drugs. And he almost killed his mother, beat her almost to death, trying to get drugs. Some of y'all, this is a true story. You know that drug, that demon, will sometimes get so caught up in you that you'll do anything to satisfy that drug. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But here's what happened. When his mother almost died, and they showed a picture of his mother, scars, face battered, her son knelt down on the bed beside his mother and said, Mom, I almost killed you. But that was his changing point. He's been clean for three years now. God, uh, matter of fact, the mother said, my son was the prodigal talked about in the Bible. He went away. See, you can be in the same house and be away. Your mind is somewhere else. Your, your body is somewhere else. Your, your, your emotions are somewhere else. And you can be controlled. Some of us have demonic control and influences in our own home. I'm not calling your, your person, but we can open ourselves up to demonic attack. Come on, somebody. You can have somebody close to you that has already is under the control, like Peter, of the enemy. And you can't fight a spiritual warfare in the flesh. You can't fight hand and no. You got to defeat that 
demonic influence over your child, over your husband or wife in the spirit because we're in a spiritual warfare. Amen. The proverbian writer said in Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go and even when he is old, he will not depart. But remember we said that doesn't guarantee that your child won't go astray in life. What God requires of parents is the teacher to plant the seed of righteousness. Now I hear somebody say this, you know, because sometimes your children will try to put you on a guilt trip. Well, you used to do this and you used to do that. And I remember when you was hanging out. I remember when you was addicted and all that. Don't allow your child to put you on a guilt trip. Because the Bible says, come on now, we're new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. <laughs> Behold, all things have become. Don't let your child try to put you on a guilt trip of what you used to do and how you used to fail. That was yesterday. Today is another day. Don't let them put you on a guilt trip. You, you, you keep on moving on. Don't let them hold you responsible for their ungodly actions. No, just like they followed ungodliness, you've got power, you've got influence for them to follow godliness now. Amen. I tell you, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And this week we want to pick up again where we didn't quite finish the giant of guilt and shame. We got some believers in here this morning and out there that are living filled with guilt. And remember, guilt can be defined as a conviction, otherwise strong belief, opinion, or certainty of the fact that a person or you have sinned against fallen short of God's standard for living because of selfish and sinful actions. And remember we talked about what guilt can't do to the believer? I said what guilt cannot do after we've acknowledged and repented of our sin. Remember we said Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Isn't anybody other than me that belong to Christ Jesus in here? See, some of y'all not sure, so you don't raise your hand. You still thinking about performance. You got to know there's nothing you could do yesterday, today, or tomorrow that would qualify you huh, to be saved. Nothing that you can do personally. No, it's what God has done through his son. Amen, somebody. So when I ask if you know, some of us may, I hope you, some of us don't even know we're saved. And if you don't know you're saved, then you fall vulnerable to the enemy putting guilt trips on you and shaming you. I said again, how many of us know that you're saved this morning out here? You got to know for yourself that you know, that you know, that you know. It ain't something I'm thinking about. In other words, if you do what God, the Bible tells you to do, confess your sins and acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior, thou shall be saved. If you've done that and meant it with your heart, it's a done deal. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Remember we talked about that? The Greek word for indescribable is used nowhere else 
in the New Testament, except in 9, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. And it means unutterable. It means there are no words that you can use or express. No human can fully appreciate the magnitude or awesomeness of the gift of Jesus Christ to you and me as sinners. Who else but a God in heaven that would give his only kind, one-of-a-kind son to die for you and I when we don't even care about him? Only a God in heaven, only the God that we serve can do that. Am I right about it, somebody? See, we keep trying to box God up according to human standards. Nobody, I couldn't do that if somebody, no, God is not like you and I. I'm glad about that this morning. I'm so glad about that. We've been justified. We've been declared righteous. It's not that we were not guilty, but God says based on what Christ has done, and if you place your faith in Christ's work, his finished work, sacrificial work, God says, then you are justified, declared not guilty. Because I don't see your guilt. I see God, Jesus Christ, the Son, covering and already paid the penalty for your guilt. Amen, somebody. I said, you got to know that you've been forgiven. And we're not designed to carry guilt. Hello, somebody. Colossians 2.14 says, he, Jesus, canceled the record of charges against you and I and he took it away by him being nailed to the cross he took our pain he bore it first Peter said he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds the Bible says we are healed did you not know somebody I heard somebody say, Pastor Pointer, I, I, I like your preaching, but then in a way I don't like your preaching because, you, 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 it, see, every, everybody can't stand the truth. When there's too much truth, in other words, they compared me to, why don't you be like some of them other preachers? All they preach about is joy and peace and all. That's only a part of it. Somebody needs to know that the wages of sin is death. Somebody needs to know that. Amen. Somebody needs to know that everybody's not going to heaven. Somebody needs to know that heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Amen, somebody. You, you, you don't want to shortchange your loved one or your children by not allowing them to know that they need to get saved. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to know, not like the rich man when he went into uh, 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 hell. He said, "Can wait a minute, can you go tell uh, uh, my friend, my brother uh, 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 about gospel, the good news, so they won't come here? Uh, 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 or send them somebody who's been raised from the dead, and then they'll believe. No, Jesus said, uh, remember the story, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And then the people started talking about killing Jesus and the dead man who was raised again. Folk, the world, the spirit of the enemy still makes excuses. They don't want to say that God is God all by himself. Because then you have to be accountable. I said Jesus has already paid. We're no longer condemned. Am I right about it? Let me ask the question between you and the Lord. Are you dealing with a giant in your life right now? This morning? Out there, are you dealing with any kind of giant that is keeping you from moving on?
and it's been so distracting that you don't know what to do? Is anybody at a situation where you don't know what to do? Well, when you get to that point, you perhaps are in a good place because now God says, trust me. Trust me completely. I'll give you the words to speak if there's anything that needs to be spoke. God says, I'll give you boldness. David had to be bold. He opened up his mouth and confronted that giant. It's a time to be quiet and then it's sometimes a time to open up your mouth. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're being a traitor because you don't uh, hold back on telling the truth about somebody that's telling half truth. If you ain't going to be all the way truth, then why do you want me to keep on hiding truth? I'm going to be truthful and trust God. Amen. If you don't have anything to hide, you're not going to concern yourself about me talking. Am I right about it? You need to know one of the tools that the devil uses and has gotten victory over is the tool of throwing obstacles, otherwise giants in your life. I venture to ask, I dare to ask, how many obstacles have you faced this past week? Has anybody other than me had to face more than one this week? I, I didn't say this month. I ain't got enough fingers, but this week, I'm talking about those things that impede your progress with the Lord. And there are too many times, y'all need to hear God speaking through me, that we let obstacles block our view of God or our fulfilling our assignment from God. Too many Christians trying to give up now. Well, I, no, no, no. Don't, don't try to climb the mountain or go over the mountain. The Bible says speak to the mountain. Otherwise, giant, move out of my way. God has already planned a way for you around or through the giant. The giant that is the way that he's trying to or she's trying to uh, work through your children, through your, your spouse, through, through your job, through your finances. Do I have a witness? But you need to be mindful that giants come and giants fall. Do I have any witness? It's quiet in here. You can hear a pin drop. Amen, somebody. Not only the giant of fear and the giant of rebellious children, not only the giant of guilt and shame, but what about, here we go, for today, the giant of sinful anger. I said sinful anger. That's a giant, somebody. Somebody in here, all you do is you angry and mad all the time. Jaws tight. Can't even talk to you. Jaws is tight. Every time you look. And God says, if I had as much control over you as your flesh. Amen. If I could control you like your flesh and attitude, bad attitude controls you, you would be further ahead in your walk. I'm talking about the giant of sinful anger. I don't know who God is talking to this morning. Y'all going to give me about 10 more minutes? Hello, somebody? It's quiet in here. Y'all don't want me to talk? I'm talking about giants. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it don't fit, don't wear it. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, don't let sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Why? Verse 27, for anger, I'm talking about sinful anger gives a foothold to the devil. Amen, somebody. When you remain angry, 
when you continue to allow anger to perpetuate and to determine your attitude, the devil's got you right where he wants. If you're an angry woman or angry man all the time, the devil has you right where he, you're like a yo-yo. He spins you, he walks you, he makes you do swings and all that kind of stuff. See, anger is a subject that resonates with so many of us this morning, in here and out there. Anger is a subject that can, listen, be particularly tricky for you and I because, listen, I already said anger in and of itself isn't a sin. Depending upon what type of anger, that's what it is. In other words, God in his perfect holiness gets angry. Yeah. In fact, God would not be who he is if he never got angry. He's holy, but he's angry. He doesn't like sin and evil, and that provokes his anger. In our experience as sinful people, it can be difficult to sort out what anger is okay and what anger is not okay. See, sinful anger is one thing. Righteous anger is something else. Is there an angry man or woman in here this morning? Is there somebody in here you just keep being angry? Tell me what part of your anger then, then change your situation. Tell me how much of you being angry has made things better for you. If the truth be told, sinful anger will disrupt, tear down, cause to turn away, be, cause discouragement. It'll do anything but positivity. Am I right about it? See, I said, maybe there's somebody viewing our service on YouTube, Facebook, who is angry over a person, place, or thing. I don't know who God is talking. And your anger, listen, it's upsetting you. It's stressful. It's causing you a heartache and a headache. You have somebody say, getting on my last nerve. What is your last nerve? You, you, I, I kind of got the idea. That means you've been getting on my nerves. But now, uh, Jessica, we're on our last nerve. Anybody ever felt like they was on that last nerve? I've taken all that I can take. And I can't take no more. I'm on my last nerve. I said it's upsetting and you're trying to handle or control your anger. But in fact, your anger is controlling you. And you have to be mindful, somebody, in what kind of anger you are allowing to influence or impact or dominate you. I tell you, you got to know that you know that you know. In a little, in a few weeks, I'm going to be talking to a group of men. And then later on, as me and my wife get together, we're going to be talking to some women. But you need to know what you're allowing to impact your life. How can you move from a boy to a man? How can you move from a girl to a woman? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Amen, somebody. You got boys trying to be men, and God wants you to move to a patriarch. How are you going to get to a patriarch leader of your family and other people if you don't know how to be a man? Then they got girls trying to be women. 
You got all that outside, you know, you look like, but underneath the skin, you acting like you a girl. Matriarch. How you going to get to be a leader in your home if you still a girl trying to be a woman? Amen, somebody. I'm, 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 I'm starting some controversy. But, 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 but as a pastor, I'm supposed to help grow up this church. Amen, somebody. And I want us to go from boys to men and from girls to women and then patriarchs and matriarchs. Y'all going to be hearing more about this. Amen, somebody. Do I have a witness? I said, I don't know who God is talking to this morning. I'm almost done, but I'm talking about giants come and giants fall. In other words, the righteous anger and there's a sinful anger. Righteous anger, don't miss this, y'all. Righteous anger, how do you know the difference? Well, righteous anger bears redemptive fruit. That ain't nothing deep. Ooh, I don't know what redemptive fruit is. See, the Bible talks about in Mark chapter 3, verse 5, because righteous anger feels guilt or grief. But it doesn't fuel grief. Y'all get that later. It feels grief. But it's not a contributor to the grief and pain. Amen, somebody. Righteous anger doesn't start trouble. But it deals with it in a certain way. Mark 3 and 5 says, He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their, listen, hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. And so the man held out his hand, and it was restored. Notice righteous anger is actually an expression of love, and it's a deep displeasure over the way evil defames God and destroys people. Righteous anger is not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not stubborn or resentful. Don't raise no hands, but you know any stubborn people? <clears throat> don't raise no hands, I don't want y'all to get in trouble. Stubborn people, you can't tell them nothing, it's their way or, or the highway. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 and 5 says, love, I'm talking about righteous love, is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. It's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. Now, I've been guilty. I'm not going to tell you and stand here and lie. Every now and then, I have a tendency to keep a record of how many times you did something. And the God, the Holy Spirit says, you got a lot of nerve, man. You got a lot of nerve of holding or keeping a record of how somebody messed up when I don't keep no record of your mess ups. And I have to come back to myself and say, Lord, forgive me. God says, I don't hold your transgressions against you. How dare you going to hold your transgressions against your man, your husband or your wife or your children? Hello, somebody. Matter of fact, next week, y'all, because I'm going to talk about husbands and wives and relationships and the giants. Not this week that you got to face. Y'all need to get some. See, I'm not going to be guilty of standing before the Lord and said, I didn't tell ABC and folks is listening the truth. 
Uh, you might get angry with me, but I'd rather have you angry with me than God angry with me for not telling you the truth. I told you some folks said, Pastor, you preach too much truth. I want to hear more about this, that, and the other happy talk. I'm going to preach truth and happy talk, but I'm not going to exclude truth. Amen, somebody. Romans 12, 19 and 20 says, dear friends, never take revenge. Who is God talking to? Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Verse 20 of Romans 12 says, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. You want to argue with me? I'm not going to fuss and fight with your back. I'm going to do it a different kind of way. I'm fighting you, but I'm fighting you in the spirit. I'm allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to control me. Because the flesh will get you the fleshly results. Amen, somebody. You'll justify them. Well, you cuss me out. I'm going to cuss you out. And guess what? We all every now and then fall into that. I'm talking about Christians. Are there any Christians in here other than me that cuss somebody out the last year? I said a year. 12 months. Somebody said last Sunday. I didn't ask you, but amen. Truth be told, somebody might say this morning. You ever get sick and tired of hearing the same nonsense and, and say, I'm sick and tired of your, your stuff. That's what we say, your stuff, Crystal. I'm sick and tired of your stuff. And I ain't going to take your stuff no more. See, some of us know we could bleep the bleep the bleep the bleep the bleep the bleep the bleep. Anybody ever been a good, really, is a bad bleeper? You know you were. Up and down, all around, but now in Christ. I said, righteous anger bears redemptive fruit, but sinful anger, as I hasten to a close, does not bear redemptive fruit. Sinful anger, here's what it does. It leaves you feeling empty, and frustrated. Sinful anger, listen, alienates you from God. It does not move you toward acts of faith and love and true justice. Sinful anger, it moves you to be selfish, to withdraw. Sinful anger will make you pull out of the church. See, <laughs> sinful anger tells you I ain't going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way without you saying it. You're just going to do it, what you think. But God can see a black ant on a black rock at midnight. He already knows the reason you're doing it. You're trying to justify it. God says, no, you want to get away from my truth. And you want to go somewhere where somebody don't know you so they won't speak to your truth or God's truth. But guess what? God's truth will follow you and me wherever we go. Ah, uh, in other words, when you're demonstrating sinful anger, you declare your rights. You say stuff like, I have a right to be angry because of what you did. And you say because you've been offended or that's how you feel about it. Because you did that, it gives me a right to be mean-spirited. Gives me a right to have a bad attitude. 
And somebody might respond, well, you've been having a bad attitude for the last 20 years. <laughs> and you just parked on this one. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, I repeat, says, don't let sin or don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let, here we go, the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Some of y'all that come to Bible study on Zoom, you know we talked about that. In other words, don't allow sinful anger to take up your time. Don't give it permission to spend the night with you and go to bed with you. Don't sleep on sinful anger. Remember the illustration we talked about giving the devil a foothold? It's like trying to close the door on your enemy, the devil, your giant. But sinful anger and behavior has allowed him, the devil, your giant, to put his foot in the doorway to block you from closing the door. Y'all ain't getting this. And as you attempt to close or shut the door, the enemy with his foot in the door, you tried to slam the door, but he put his foot in. And now he's gained access to your house, into your home, into your marriage, into your children, into your finances. It'll, he'll impact your mental, your emotional, your physical or psychological well-being. You know why? Because he put his foot in the door. You gave him time. God told you to slam the door first and you eased it close. You took your time because you were still feeling sinfully angry. Well, how do we defeat our giant of sinful anger this morning and moving forward? How do we, listen, y'all want to get this. How do I take back my joy? How do I take back my peace? How do I take back my family? How do I take back my finances? Anybody listening? How do I take back whatever else the devil, the enemy, the giant has taken or stolen from me? Well, remember David took back what the enemy had taken from him. Amen, somebody. You know what the purpose of the enemy, your giant is, according to John 10, 10. It says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In other words, you were called to resist. I hear a lot about binding the enemy. Don't get me wrong, but God is the one who turned him loose in the first place. That's why he's given him power, small g, the God of this world. Remember with Job, he went and asked for permission to attack Job God is not telling us to bind the enemy he's telling us to resist y'all don't miss this resist the enemy God says the enemy is going to be there but I want to teach you how to resist Sister Gilbert Pastor Pointer whoever else resist See, there are too many times when believers have suffered a loss and they retreat. Too many believers go into a flight mode instead of a fight mode. 
<laughs> I can't tell all my business, but the other day, I was getting ready to go into a flight mode until the Holy Spirit says, you've been preaching on giants come and giants fall, Reverend. And you're going to let that giant of anger cause you to respond in the flesh? You're not going to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to defeat that giant? I had to swallow my pride. I had to humble myself. I had to stop thinking about somebody getting over on me and God says I ought to be the one getting all the credit. God says you've got to resist the flesh. Resist the enemy. See, you can't defeat a 24-7 devil. You can't defeat an around-the-clock antagonistic traumatizing giant by being a part-time Christian. Y'all missed it. You got too many part-time Christians. You flash your Christianity when it's convenient. You supposed to flash your Christianity 24-7. In trouble and out of trouble. When I feel like loving you and when I don't feel like loving you. When I'm up or I'm down. You got to allow it ain't you in the first place. Let your light so shine. <laughs> Other people need to see the God in you. They know the old you. They see you cussing out, fussing out. God said, Pastor Pointer, you resist, first of all, by submitting to God. Too many people trying to resist, but they haven't submitted to God. Because submitting to God makes you take the low route, makes you get humble. Makes you get down on your knees. Makes you look like you're taking a loss. No, God says when you submit, you getting out of my way and you let me shine. I wish I might. God says submit and then you'll able to resist. As I close, according to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 6 and 8. Y'all need to get this. There are three things you need to do in order to defeat your giant this morning, this afternoon, this evening. Y'all better get this. Three things. Is anybody getting it out there that you need to do if you want to see victory this afternoon? If you want to reclaim to take back what the devil has stolen from you. Ah, uh, I said three things. Look at somebody and say, I need to do three things in order to get victory. Out there, look at somebody and said, I need to make sure I'm doing three things if I want victory over my giant. First of all, according to 1 Samuel 30 and 6, it says you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Stop waiting for somebody else to encourage you. Stop waiting for other people, places, or things to encourage you. David had to take the initiative and encourage himself in the Lord. Not just in anything. Not in a long drink. Not in sleeping with another man or woman. Oh, man. 
No, 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 not in uh, going on a, a, a shopping binge. Not in eating yourself sick and silly. No, not in going on a vacation. No, encourage yourself in the Lord. The Bible says David was greatly distressed. Not just a little bit. Not just halfway. Minister Gilbert, me and you, greatly distressed. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. You have been targeted, somebody. John 10.10 10 says, the devil has pinpointed you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything, not just some things, everything about you and you and you. But you were called to resist him, to use your God-given authority. I said God-given authority. And stand your ground. I shall not be moved. I shall not allow the giant to move me from where God has placed me. My God, my God, my God has told me to stand, to stand, and to keep on standing. He called me to resist. He called me to God what he gave me. Remember David and his men had been in a battle. I don't know who God is talking to. You've been in a battle for days, weeks, months, and years now. God says, I'm getting ready to give you a victory. You've got to encourage, first of all, yourself in the Lord. Ah, remember David returned home to Ziglag only to find that the giant, the enemies, the Amalekites had taken everything. I'm going somewhere. Ziglag comes from a Hebrew root word, verb, meaning to press mentally or emotionally, trying to steal, deplete, take your mind. Like the song used to say, didn't I blow your mind? This time, the devil's trying to blow your mind. Yeah, but the zigzag that the Bible's talking about wants to reveal what is inside you. All of us have zigzag moments. You know what a zigzag moment is? I'm glad you asked. It's when you feel like you've lost everything. Zigzag moments. <laughs> when you feel like there's no way out. Zigzag moments. When you don't think you can hang in there any longer. Zigzag moments. When everybody else is afraid. When everybody else is thinking about giving up. Your zigzag moments. The Bible said when David got back, his children, their wives, the 
and everything or everyone else from the camp had been abducted. We top it off. The Amalekite burned the whole place to the ground. I don't know who God is talking to, but the giant is trying to kill and destroy your children. He's trying to destroy your home. The giant is trying to destroy you. The giant in your life and mine is being used spiritually to destroy the home. God says the way to help your giant, if it's your children, if it's your spouse, is to resist him. Give him over, give her over, give it over to the Lord. David was greatly distressed. He was out of, at a crossroads. Ziglag is one thing. Sometimes you can't see your way out, but you've got to make a decision. You've got to choose which way you will go. Will it be according to your will or according to God's will? Will you stay in the place of weeping, distress and mourning, and accept what seems to be, I said seems to be, your reality? Or will you stand up and fight, 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 and reclaim what the devil has stolen from you? How are we supposed to encourage ourselves? Two ways. With the word of God is one. And by remembering is the other way. The word of God. But remember, the same God that delivered you before is the same God that's going to deliver you today. The battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord's. Am I right about it? Not only encourage yourself in the Lord, but you got to pursue after your enemy. 1 Samuel 30 and 8, the A portion, says, and he answered him, pursue. In other words, you got to talk to the Lord. God says, pursue because you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. When God told David to pursue and to go after his enemy, Goliath, David was energized with renewed hope and courage, his giant. I said the Bible says to resist the devil, your giant. And guess what? He will flee. Resist. That means after you submit it to God first. Because the devil, the giant, won't be seeing you. He'll see the God that you submitted to. Am I right about it? Submit yourselves means there's a process. Am I right about it? It means to withstand, to strive against, to oppose. It's a defensive maneuver on our part. Resisting, not Allowing temptation to get you to fall into the devil's trap. He'll try to get you to act just like your giant. Fault finding and blaming 
Just tell the truth. Open up your mouth and say, this is what's going down. This is what's happening. But I'm trusting God. Are uh, you giant trusting God? Uh, you overcome by the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But like Sister Eleanor says, prayer comes in there too. You got to pray, 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 and keep on praying. But never, let me give you this other last thing, and I'm sitting down. Not only encourage yourself in the Lord, not only pursue and fight, but you will overtake. Verse 8b, 1 Samuel 30 says, David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders and will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. Am I right about it? You need to reclaim what the devil has taken from you and your family. If God tells you to go after your giant, I can't say it enough. Don't be afraid because fear is the enemy tactic. Stand and keep on standing. That means when you stand for what God tells you to stand, that's guaranteed success. Remember, it's a process to overtake your enemy. It won't be instant and it'll take a whole lot of perseverance. 1 Samuel 30 and 17 says, David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. I don't know who God is talking to, but the giant's telling you, you might as well give up because you've been fighting a long time and it don't seem like, I said it don't seem like uh, anything's going to happen for your behalf, for the good. But the Bible also wants you to know in 1 Samuel 30 and 17, it's a long battle because David was truly weary. But the blessing is not that you won't have to fight, but you're going to have dominion over your enemy, whatever kind of giant it is. The giant was trying to wear you out, but with God, you can stand the pressure. With God, you're able to keep on keeping on. You overtake him with faith, patience, the word of God, and prayer. Let me close on this song. Y'all used to sing it here in ABC. I've heard it sung at other churches. It's talking about, I'm taking back what the devil has stolen from me. Anybody in here willing to take back what the devil has stolen. It says, I'm marching to his camp on wings of praise. I'll throw my shoulders back and I'll say, get behind me now. I'm leaving with my property in hand. I'm going to take it all the way to Canaan, which is the promised land. Satan giant, this is not the first time that you've been robbed. My Lord stole the keys to your kingdom on his old rugged cross. I'm simply following my God's lead 
doing greater things than these. I'm going to take back. Somebody say, take back. Take back. Take back. Take back. Take back what the enemy has stolen from me. I'm staking my claim in Jesus' name. What the devil stole is not his no more. I'm taking back my joy. I'm taking back my peace. I'm taking back my children. I'm taking back my rest. I'm taking back my joy. I'm taking back everything that the devil has stole. I don't know about you, but giants come and giants fall. Get behind me, giant. Get behind me, down, devil. I'm going to praise him. Praise will kill the giant. Praise will confuse the giant. Is anybody in here want to praise him? Give God some praise. Yes, Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Giants come and giants fall. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said you took too long. Well, what's too long when you're in a battle that's been going on for only God knows how long? Somebody in here today, somebody out there, you've been going through only God knows how long. And God wants to assure you this morning that peace, joy, strength, perseverance, stability, stamina, God's presence and God's power is with you this morning moving forward. The Bible says everybody has sinned, all of us, pulpit to the door, sealing to the floor. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. If there's somebody in here this morning or out there, you've never given your life to Christ, today is your day of salvation. Are you here? Is there one? You want to give your life to Christ? The doors is open. Why don't you come? Out there. If you know you're not saved, say this prayer. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. I give my life from this moment on. I submit and surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I believe and know that he has died for my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving me another chance. Second call, if you're here and you don't have a church home, the doors of ABC is open to you. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Out there, you see on the screen, it tells you how you can become a part of this church. We're not a perfect church, but we're striving for perfection in Christ. Third and last call, you already saved? You already have a church home, but maybe you're a backslider. God is telling you to come on back. Are you here? Come on back to Jesus. Is there one? Out there, is there one? Father God, we thank you and we praise you. We surrender, we submit ourselves to you. We know in submitting ourselves to you first, we're able to resist the enemy. And you said in our resisting the enemy after we submitted to you, he will flee. 
even now we say yes to your will yes to your word and yes to your way for it's in the name of jesus that we pray with thanksgiving always and all of god's people said amen give god some praise oh, god bless you don't forget vbs tomorrow monday tuesday and wednesday we will have bible study on wednesday after vbs at 7 30. thank god for jesus thank god for mercy and grace god bless you and have a smile upon you we are dismissed keep her, keep her